0: Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure
1: state. Change is inevitable. Some people tell us, sociologists in fact, that people will accept about 20% change a year and then they'll resist it even if it's positive. It seems in this political climate the one thing that is certain is change. We haven't quite done it this way before seems to be the mantra of the new administration and so we find ourselves faced with the challenge of leading in changing times. In order to do that effectively I think we need to be rooted in our values and for the Food Bank Council of Michigan food is our fundamental value. It's fundamental to life. And here's what I know, even in the midst of all the change. We grow enough food in Michigan to make sure everyone is food secure. After all, you can't solve hunger without food. You can't be a defender of what doesn't work either. You can't be a defender of something that could be more effective, but hasn't been. So I think we should accept some of this change because change leads to adaptation. And that answers the question, am I smart enough to adjust? Change leads to new opportunities. And that asks and answers the question, am I aware of those opportunities that are around me? And change leads to new and different challenges. And that asks and answers the question, am I enough of a leader to lead through these days and times? Change challenges us, challenges me, and oftentimes I resist it. But the truth is, the programs designed to help create food security in our country could be better, SNAP could be better, education could be better, everything could be better. But I don't know if it will be better, but I do know it will be different. And different meets the threshold for the definition of change. Governments change, leaders change, and you either change with the times, baby, because these times are changing. So I think that we should change with the times, but not be changed by the times. Food for Thought will be right back. Don't you change your channel. This is Dr. Phil Knight.
0: Welcome back to Food for Thought, sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan.
1: Once again, Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome, everyone. Gordon Wink, the Deputy Director of the Michigan Department of Agricultural and Rural Development, is our guest on the phone. Gordon, welcome to Food for Thought.
2: Well, thank you very much, Phil. It's my pleasure to be with you today.
1: Well, Gordon and I, uh, folks, Jerry, you're here in the studio with us, and uh, Jerry Brisson, the president and CEO of Gleaners. And Gordon and I have worked together on several projects. In fact, one of those projects that we continue to work on is uh, is about the My Neighborhood Mobile Grocery, and Gordon has been a guest there at Gleaners to see that in operation, although it's gone through five or six different uh Adjustments and processes and developments since probably Gordon and I were there to see it,
3: yeah, you know, we continue to learn and evolve and that's the purpose of a pilot right so we had Gordon down there and we appreciate you coming down with your team and it was a good visit and every visit we have and every experience we have right now is a learning opportunity for us but we're we're getting better and better our our product offerings have grown to over 100 the 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 number of people involved continues to grow and we're real excited about the direction of the program
2: it, it was uh, it was a tremendous project to see it is certainly spot on in terms of reaching out to the community and, and taking the good work that Gleaners does and make that available more to more folks within the community. And uh, it is uh, credit to you all for coming up with that idea and and making it as successful as it is.
1: Well, one of the cool things about Gordon and uh, the director of MDAR, Jamie Clover Adams, is, um, I, Gordon, I'll say that you guys put your money where your mouth is. Because uh, you guys just recently made a pledge to the Food Bank Council of Michigan personally uh, regarding uh, a staff survey, and if you got to or close to a hundred percent participation, you guys were all going to donate toward uh, the mission of the Food Bank Council, which is to create food security. So I got to tell you, you're just not doing lip service here, brother. I mean, you're 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 putting it where it matters.
2: And we were we were glad to do that. Uh, you know, we uh, Department of Ag uh and Rural Development has had a long history with uh, with the Food Bank Council of Michigan and the food bank councils around the state. Uh and we really uh it's such an important important effort and work that you all do. Uh any opportunity we have to help support that is is certainly our pleasure. As you know, we do the uh the harvest gathering as well uh, in the fall where we work on gathering food and, and dollars from uh other from our fellow state employees to put into the uh, into the food bank system in Michigan and that certainly is uh great for uh to be part of that it all started uh, of course in the Department of Agriculture and and we uh, we certainly are uh, proud to be part of that every single year
1: Gordon, could you tell for our listeners a little bit about the work of the Department of Agriculture and Rural Development? I I know there are six divisions, and I think that some of the work that you guys do is something that the rest of us in the public really take um, for granted, to be candid about it. And I'll give you an example. And I think that that's food, one of those areas would be food safety. We're very conscious about the need for food safety and handling food throughout the uh, food bank network, but I think you guys are really the standard bearers and help us all remain safe. Uh, yeah,
2: we, our, <clears throat> our food and dairy division uh, works uh, very closely with our local public health departments uh, in assuring that there is, uh, as food moves uh, through the system from farm. To fork uh, that it is done in a safe uh, manner, uh, that the quality of the food is high, that uh, it's uh, as it runs through any of the process or any of the chains of retail, uh, that it's it's kept in a at the proper temperature. whether it goes to a restaurant or goes to a grocery store or at the at the food processor, uh, our inspectors working hand in hand with the local inspectors, the local health departments uh, are out there uh, every single day, uh, making sure that the food getting that you're buying at the grocery store, getting at the restaurant, uh, is going to be safe.
1: You know, Gordon, too, um, we talk a lot about leadership here on Food for Thought, and we want to make sure that we're leading the best that we can and accepting the challenges uh, that are coming to us. And, uh, you know, it's an old saying, but it's, it doesn't mean it's not true or less true, is that the only thing that's, you know, certain is change. And we've certainly gone through some changes here politically at the national level um, and the recent um in the recent election, and it looks like that um, Governor Sonny Perdue from uh, the former governor of Georgia is on track to become the next, the next Secretary of, uh, of Agriculture. And uh, I know him, I know Sonny personally, and uh, I'm kind of excited to see uh, a veterinarian in that position as the head of Department of Agriculture for the entire nation.
2: It, uh, that it's certainly great to have folks uh in, within the US Department of Agriculture that understand agriculture uh and are have participated in it uh in all of the various aspects that agriculture takes uh in the in the country so uh, We're looking forward to the new secretary, uh, looking forward to continue uh, our working relationship with them as as the State Department of Agriculture. We we help administer and help uh, do a number of uh, federal programs at the state level. Uh, We always have had a good working relationship with the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And so we're looking for that to continue
1: absolutely well I, I I think that um from just from personal conversations that I've had with uh governor purdue that that he's open to uh to new ideas he's uh he's accepting of uh, of, of standards and I think that he's going to be committed to what we're excited about in the food bank world and uh the food security world is that I think that he has a lot of compassion for folks who are struggling and i i I'd say all that to say that all those things that I just said about Governor Perdue, I could say about you, and I could also say about uh, Director uh, Jamie Clover Adams, you guys are um, uh, solid in your commitment to the standards that keep us all safe, um, and yet you're open to new ideas, but you're also very compassionate about the people that we're serving throughout the state that are struggling with food insecurity.
2: We'll turn that right back around and say we appreciate the work that you and the, and the Food Bank Councils do across the state of Michigan, uh, you know, Gleaners is an excellent example of, of how that work uh, can be done and the impact that that has on the community, and I mean, how can you not support good effort, good work that's helping people?
1: He's Gordon Wink. He's the deputy director for MDARD. And Gordon, if you can stay with us for the next segment, we'd like to continue this conversation here on Food for Thought. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. Welcome back, everyone. Gordon Wink is with us with Jerry Brisson, myself in the studio, Dr. Phil Knight, and we're continuing this conversation about the work of MDARD and food security across our state.
3: Hey, I got a question back to you, and I very much appreciate your your compliments. I mean, I have a good team, and they're they're very dedicated to what they do, and they really want to make a difference. So we're watching agriculture all the time, you know, and and you can't really there's no there's no real good tea leaves in agriculture, <laughs> but uh, but I would be interested in your thoughts about well, as you kind of see the things you see, particularly in the state of Michigan, uh, how's how's it going? I mean, are, are you thinking agriculture's a growing business for us? I mean, I, I certainly think at the food bank level healthy food right from farms is an area that we're always interested in uh, we've got the michigan agricultural surplus program that's been running for a long time to intersect with our farmers so that so that if they have product they're not harvesting we can get that to people in need what are you seeing out there what do you think our challenges are how do, how, how you know what how, what what tea leaves are you reading
2: Well, I see uh, agriculture uh, in the state, we've got tremendous opportunities across the state, both in terms of the economic growth of agriculture, value-added processing in agriculture. We've got a great bunch of, uh, I mean, 52,000 individuals every single day get up and figure out how they're going to grow something uh, or produce something that will... Uh, help feed folks in Michigan and the world. So that is, uh, we've got a great bunch of folks that are innovators, local entrepreneurs. Uh, so I think we are set well. Our diversity in the state is, uh, as we've always, great to say we're second only to California in terms of the diverse diversity of our agriculture. And you know, the Great Lakes give us... Uh, they're wonderful uh jewels a uh, great uh resource uh that we need to protect but uh it provides for us a climate and conditions where it allows us to raise some things here in this state so some of our uh, neighboring states can't can't do so uh we're really blessed really blessed here in Michigan with that uh as you mentioned Jerry though the uh you know the local we're we're seeing growth in the number of farmers uh and most of those uh, most of that wow, is happening cool. at the small farm level. Uh there's a lot of interest in direct um from farm to table type of restaurants, uh local farmers markets where uh Michigan is like the number one growth state for uh numbers of farmers markets. It is. I uh, mean, all of those things are where people are very interested and concerned about food, where it's coming from. Uh, and I will tell you that all the food that gets produced in Michigan is generally done in a very safe and wholesome manner. Uh, and uh, we we work with farmers, we work with the, both small producers as well as large producers to help make sure that happens. The uh, surplus program that you mentioned, Jerry, has been a wonderful, wonderful asset for the state. Uh, one thing that I would like to see happen in that program is uh, I'd like to see there being able to, the ability to do a little bit more in terms of of processing of some of those products, uh, quick frozen, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that would make uh, Michigan's produce, you know, in January and February. Uh, even though we produce great, great broccoli in the springtime and in the summer, uh, we don't necessarily have it in January because our weather's not conducive. But you know, frozen uh, broccoli is just as nutrition uh, nutritionally good for you as fresh broccoli. Uh, so if we could come up with a way to help the help the egg uh, surplus program. Be you know, to make some more of that available in the food bank system, I think that would be uh, a wonderful thing.
3: We do too. I mean, I you know, there's so many things. So, so without getting into a, a, a long discussion about the connection between health and food insecurity, I will just simply say that healthy produce is one of the most important things that we can give to the people we serve. They want it, they'll use it, but because it's perishable— when when dollars get tight they don't want to buy anything that might spoil and frozen vegetables are easy to make they're 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 quick and so very convenient and very tasty it's a it's a hugely important product i think for food banks across the state yes i would agree
1: well, we're excited to uh, continue to work and develop uh, the partnership and relationship between the Food Bank Council and our seven food banks and Gordon, you and uh, Jamie and your, all of y'all's team there at MDARD. And I have to tell you, I appreciate you personally and professionally, and uh, I I'm really uh, just want to reaffirm to the people who are listening that we have a, a state of Michigan folks who work for our government that are full of compassion for the people in our state and they're working every day to make sure that people have access to enough uh nutritious food across our state and gordon uh gordon wink the deputy director for mdard thanks for being on food for thought and thanks for investing your life uh, for the benefit of the rest of us this is food for thought we'll be back in just a moment
0: You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Sponsored by the Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a
1: food-secure state. And now a Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan moment. I'd like to welcome to the program Matt Scramlin, who is the president for the Oakland County Farm Bureau. Matt, welcome to Food for Thought and the Farm Bureau moment.
4: Thank you. It's very much appreciated. Glad to be here with you.
1: It looks like, Matt, that you have uh, been very instrumental in helping the uh, Farm Science Lab to uh, to kind of get started and uh, and bring agriculture to students through both science and the STEM education. Tell us a little bit about that experience.
4: Well, uh, the Farm Science Lab is a model that's been done by other states, farm bureaus and agriculture organizations. Me personally, I've worked for several years at the American Farm Bureau level, which is our national organization, and it's seen these trailers in action and the impact they had on students to bring agriculture to their school. And when I moved back home to the farm, it was one of those ideas I thought would be really important for Michigan. And so working with Oakland County Farm Bureau and getting them interested in the idea, uh, found out that Kent County Farm Bureau was also thinking along that way, and then we brought the whole idea to the state And now, six weeks ago, we rolled out the first time the Farm Science Lab, which is food, agriculture, and resources in motion. And it's a mobile classroom that comes to schools. We focus on K through 5 grades. And all of our lessons vary, but they're all focused with an agriculture background. And then they, as you touched on, they touch the STEM requirements that uh, our education system puts forward. Right. And... It brings that education of agriculture to the students as well.
1: Matt, that's great. I love that idea. We had Scott Piggott uh, on the show not too long ago, and uh, he could barely contain his enthusiasm for this project. And he says that schools are lining up in order to have the science lab come to their schools in the the fall and throughout the next school term.
4: Exactly. And I feel much the same way as Scott. Scott's been a great champion for us Uh, on that on the state level as well, uh, moving forward. I, I tell everybody when I see the trailer this was this was a dream of mine. Uh agriculture is very uh, important to my family. I'm a fifth generation farmer here in Holly, Michigan. Uh it's been important to us all the way through, but education as well. And so that ability to bring both of those is is really neat uh in my mind to to bring that forward.
1: Well, dreams do come true. He's Matt Scramlin, and he is the president of the Oakland County Farm Bureau, instrumental in helping Farm Bureau bring the science lab to Michigan. Matt, thanks for how you're investing your life, and thanks for your family for farming for all the rest of us for the last five generations. Thank you. During times of change seems to be the theme for the show, Jerry. And uh, I think one of the encouraging things – is after this conversation with Gordon Wink, the deputy director at MDARD, is that Gordon wants things to change. And yeah, he wants you know, them to change for the better.
3: Yeah, it's not the picture you hear about people in the bureaucracy, right? right. And yet here's a, here's a picture of someone we know pretty well who's been to our place, not just sitting in an office somewhere, but out in the field taking a look at things and saying, how do we improve systems? And, of course, it feeds our optimism for why things can change. And you know, one of the biggest obstacles to change is believing that it can't. And so our experience, and I think this conversation points to it, is that that's in fact not true. Uh, People want the community to be fed. They want food security. They know how important it is for health and business and just for this is the community I want to live in and everything in between. So so I'm very encouraged by the the pilots that MDART has supported. Their mm-hmm. continuing support of us as we talk to the state of Michigan about how the state can do a better job of helping to drive solutions. Very exciting.
1: Well, you know, uh- there's a lot of different angles to go here, but one would be the return on investment and what we're hearing from our legislators and from our leaders in the executive side of the administration, uh, including the leaders of MDOR, Jamie Clover Adams and uh, Gordon Wink, the deputy director, uh, is that the return on investment when the state invests in the food bank council and our network of seven food banks they're getting a very high return on their investment dollar and that's important because it it it, you know it indicates effectiveness and you don't want to invest your money in something that is not working we're doing that enough in other big government programs at the federal level, which we talked about in the monologue uh, a little bit, that, you know, things could be better. SNAP could be better. As effective as it is,
3: it could be better, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> and making things better is part of knocking this thing out of the park. I mean... You, you, it's part you, of leading through change. Absolutely right. And when, when you're going to solve a problem, you don't say, okay, this piece is wrapped up usually. You say we wrapped it this way now, now let's get that wrapping a little tighter and make it even more efficient and better because there's more problems to solve. And part of part of uh, leading through change is knowing that anything you do now is going to make resources available for what you're going to have to do next.
1: Right. Well, you're like, and I, I think uh, leaders like Gordon, uh, leaders like we met at, uh, and maybe we'll talk about this in the next segment, about uh, your experiences at uh, Hunger Solutions Day at the Capitol and some of the legislators you met, I I really think that what you said a moment ago is, is absolutely true, and I don't use absolutely and truth very often, but I really think it's absolutely true, is that people understand what a drain food insecurity is on people and on our economy, and they want to fix it. And it doesn't matter where you come from, which side of the aisle, what perspective, conservative, liberal, or somewhere in between, or uh, whether you're affiliated with a political party or not. It, it really doesn't matter. When you have conversations with these people, as leaders of our state government, you understand that their hearts are in the right place, and they want to see change, effective change, positive change, that leads
3: people to uh, hope and food security. And certainly measurable change. And it, as we talk about how you solve the problems and our approach to food security now, data, measuring, knowing your impact. Telling that story so people really do know the impact. You talked about the investment that the state knows today, their return on investment for food banks. And we've really focused on the retail value, you know, really understanding that economic return on investment. But there's several other returns on investment we're getting to know better. And one of the most important of those is how does it change people's life? How does it help them be more successful? How does it get them out of poverty permanently? How many people with just a little help can do the rest for themselves? That's all stuff we need to learn more about and get better at explaining not just the story, but the data behind it. And and we're going to do that. And the pilots that we do with things like mobile grocery, but not just that, are part of that learning. Who really gets helped permanently with a little help Today. Right.
1: Well, when you when you talk about these pilots and you you uh, you put them out in front of some people, and when these people who have a lot of experience have seen a lot of different pilots, when they get excited, then I feel then that that in turn, I think I want to be excited. But when they who have a lot of experience and seen a lot of these different projects come and go, when they get excited, like about my neighborhood mobile grocery, about the community food club, about the ERN concept of Coming alongside employers and employees, and creating that resource for them, when they start seeing some of the things we are doing across, and you know, I refer people back to the show about innovations that we did. Uh, When they're excited, that in turn just reignites my excitement because I really do believe that when you pull all of this together, it is a a mission, not a cause, but it's a mission of food security that pulls our communities and pulls our state, our leaders, and everyone else together. So this is Dr. Phil Knight. He's Jerry Bresson. We're talking here on Food for Thought about partnership. And uh, food security and the great mission that inspires us all. We'll be right back.
0: It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Food for Thought, Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here. And a great interview with Gordon Wink, the deputy director of MDARD. No doubt they're committed to helping create food security across the state.
3: Yeah, and we we touched on a really important point in that interview, and that is how, you know, the the food—Michigan farms grow a lot of food, and it's awesome food, and there's a great variety, but harvest happens— Uh, And then eventually that food kind of runs out, you know, it it doesn't last forever. Like like right now. (laughs) Yeah, like right now. Exactly right. And so he talked about how important it is to maybe quick freeze that food uh, so that it has a longer shelf life and we can actually get more food out of the field. I talked about exactly this problem with Paul W. just a short time ago. And, uh, you know, here it is right here.
5: They are beginning the million meal match. You can go to WJR.com for more information on how you can donate. No one happier about that than Jerry Brisson, the Gleaners president and CEO. Tell our listeners about
6: it. Well, this time of year, you know, believe it or not, we're, 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 we're just getting to the end of the 2016 harvest. Our farmers in Michigan are some of the best in the world, and there's no doubt about it. There's food usually available to right about now from our Michigan farmers that we get a lot at very low cost or no cost even. And uh, at the same time, the post-holiday donations start to drop. You know, people are moving on to other things, and that's totally understandable. And yet, it puts gleaners in a position of having to raise a little more attention right now to say, it's going to cost me a little bit more money to go out and get the food we need and donations are you know, slowing down. So we got to put a little push on so that we can get through, particularly the end of the school year. we got to keep reaching these kids and families while they're in school. And so we've got the Million Meal Match. And PNC Bank uh, is our chief sponsor of this. They've got a Grow Up Great program just for kids that's really outstanding. And so we work together to make sure kids can thrive.
5: This is something that is so very important. It's something that uh, Jerry Brisson and his team at Gleaners he, being president and CEO, and all the people that uh, are, are involved in getting food for kids, primarily in this case, um, this is it. And so it's it's kicked off the Million Meal Match. If you go to WJR.com, you'll get all the information you need to make a donation. And you can be a part of the solution uh, when it uh, comes to this uh, food insecurity that is out there and uh, that is something that many of us can't relate to but we certainly should be able to see and we certainly now know through your help jerry we can we can help uh, eradicate if possible
6: well and through your help as well we appreciate our partnership and you've helped us for a long time get the word out and let people know they can make a big difference right now
1: Great exchange there between you and Paul W. Jerry, because, uh, you know, there is some news on this front about IQF. Again, we did a show on innovations a few weeks ago, and one of those is this individually quick frozen IQF food that, again, the state of Michigan is looking about coming across as a partner with us to help build the capacity in us and in the processors so this food is available to our network. And therefore, our clients for the entire year.
3: Yeah, uh, and so it, which brings to mind for me, uh, Hunger Solutions Day, because we were in the Capitol, we were on the Senate floor, we received a resolution uh, from the Michigan Senate, you know, acknowledging the work of Michigan food banks, and part of what we were doing down there was giving uh, the Michigan legislators information about what they could do to make a difference now. How what? role can they play right now in getting us to the next level of food security in our state? And one of the big projects we discussed was the individual quick frozen IQF, that project, because for a little investment now, literally there are 20 million pounds of food available every year that are quick frozen already that just don't quite meet spec. They're not green enough or they're the wrong size or they weren't right. cubed exactly in the way that they need to be to make them uh, right for the marketplace. But it's still perfectly good food and it tastes the same. So so let's make that food available, right? That's something that the state can help with because they can help make the right investments at the right time. Small investment today to free up a huge amount of food forever. You know, as you're
1: you're you're so right, because this is a little bit of investment now. Now, it looks like a lot of money to any, you know, I mean, it's a lot of money, but, you know, it's a little bit of investment now. But when you weigh it against not 20 million pounds of food next year, up to 20 million pounds of food. But this is talking about between 15 and 20 million pounds of food moving forward. Right. So right. next, not, it's not just this year, it's not just next year, it's not just a year after that, but this is going to continue to be perhaps the largest source of free, fresh food
3: that our network has ever encountered. And we've had, you know, half a dozen or so state legislators on our show repeating what a great investment the Food Bank Council is, what a great investment the food banks are. And here's another real example of the kinds of things that we can bring to the table. It's Lobbying isn't just about special interest capturing money for whatever you know if you if you do the work well it's a partnership between those people who are representing constituents in the state who need things with people who can deliver right and that's the great thing about being in the food bank network is we deliver a lot of great things this quick frozen food project Mm -hmm. is an example of how you can deliver an awful lot in partnership with the state of michigan
1: it, it is. And, you know, I, I'm just sitting here trying to do the math in my head, which is a little dangerous. But looking at a household impact model, let's think about 20 million pounds of food. OK, now that's that's t- probably the top end. But, hey, you know, if you're going to think you might as well think big. Right. So 20 million pounds of food. And we know it takes about a pound of food f- to feed an adult Yep, per meal per meal. So you're talking about 20 million meals here. At about a dollar USDA rate is about a dollar per adult per, per meal
3: child two dollars per, two, per $2 dollars right
1: so so do the math there for me so you're talking about 20 million meals at two dollars a meal per adult this is a forty million dollar economic impact economic impact for an investment of about two and a half to three million dollars
3: once. Right. One time investment of two and a half or three million for a forty million dollar economic impact in one year, but this economic impact is going to be annual for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah. I think you know, we're even talking about in the agreement that we would we would set at least ten years out and then the agreement would be, you know, looked at again and refreshed or whatever. But it doesn't mean it will end. But just just Take that math out 10 years. Right. So, I mean, really, I mean, it sounds a little unbelievable, doesn't it? So, like, for $4 million, you're going to get a $400 million return on your investment? If food prices don't go up,
3: (laughs) (laughs) it could be more. I mean, well, you know, it's a— Uh, I need my retirement account to do this (laughs) once. Yeah. I mean, um, there's no question about it. Um, What farmers have to do to make ends meet for themselves. In spite of all the uncertainties in their work, they've got to grow what they can grow. So there's going to be some surplus in the food chain always. It, there, unless there's a uh, economic disaster that takes it out, which is another problem, God right? God forbid. But, right. but assuming that everything goes reasonably well, there's going to be some surplus. So how do we manage that surplus and think it through the whole food chain so we keep it from going to waste? And that's from the point of growing to harvest to It gets to a producer or a food manufacturer or directly to to a consumer sometimes through a farmer's market and then teaching people what they can do with that food so it doesn't go to waste, even at the home, because there's a lot of post-consumer waste as well. So capturing this issue from the beginning of the food chain to the end is a huge opportunity for us to get more of the right food in and through the system in the right way, and I think that's problem-solving at its best.
1: Well, and I think... You know, staying and thinking about the theme of the show is, you know, today is really leading through times of change, which really means leading through times of opportunities. Absolutely. That's the way to see it. You got to do it. So here's a little food for thought. We say oftentimes that uh, defining reality is the first responsibility of leadership. But the true test of leadership is the ability to create positive change. Anybody can wreak havoc. Anybody can create change and change that doesn't necessarily lead to positive outcomes. And that's our challenge at the Food Bank Council and across our network. It's the, it's the challenge for state government. It's the challenge for the new administration at the federal level to create positive change. But things will change, and our focus will remain to find the opportunities that create sustainable opportunities for creating food security all across our state. That's our commitment to you. That's our commitment to Michigan. He's Jerry Brisson, I'm Dr. Phil Knight. Thanks for listening to Food for Thought.
0: Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state.